Haydn is indeed one of my absolute all-time favorites. There's something so natural and human and good-natured, although by no means an only good-natured. There's some pieces of his that are incredibly introverted and brooding and tragic. Um, he was interested in the aesthetic of the sublime, that is to say the capacity of music to represent powerful forces of nature, mm-hmm. almost supernatural events, uh, I think, of the opening introduction of uh, the creation, which mm-hmm. is a musical representation of chaos. And he has some music that is incredibly stormy and, and actually frightening. But of course, one of the things that people think of first when it comes to Haydn is the good-natured Haydn, the upbeat, uh, ebullient, joyful, scampering composer. And, and, and that's certainly one of the sides that, that makes him most appealing. Conductor Alan Gilbert there with a few words about the first work on our program, the Symphony No. 48, Maria Theresia, by Franz Josef Haydn. This symphony was originally thought to have been composed in honor of the Austrian Empress's 1773 visit to Esterhaza, residence of Haydn's employer, Prince Nikolaus Esterhazy. Though modern scholarship suggests that this piece was actually written much earlier than the imperial stopover, the feeling of the symphony is certainly celebratory and festive, and scored in the joyful key of C major. Once again, Alan Gilbert. The symphony we're playing this week, the Maria Theresia, mm-hmm. is, is a fantastic, relatively small-scale symphony if you compare it to the later London symphonies, but it's full of an incredible range of character and feeling. It's very, very virtuosic mm-hmm. for the orchestra and requires an incredible attention to detail, but at the same time, it's so affecting. The second movement is some of the most elegant, sensitive, beautiful, heartfelt music you'll find and and, and it's it's always fascinating for me to deal with Haydn because when you look at it on the page it doesn't look like what it sounds like Mm -hmm. that is to say of course when you read the score you can see the notes and you can imagine what it sounds like but what I mean is compared to say a Strauss score or a Wagner score Mm -hmm. you can see okay there's like a mass of notes in the Strauss and you say okay this is definitely a climactic moment because everybody's playing in the Haydn symphony the soft parts, the loud parts kind of look the same. I'm talking about a superficial mm-hmm. glance at the page. And you really have to go into it and find out what the music says. And what, what, what happens when you really get through that initial layer is you find moments that suddenly are the most magical, sublime, exquisite places. And, and you realize that you can really put your heart into it and use all your imagination and all your musical capacity. And for that reason, it's, it's, it's one of the most fun, fun composers to, to play. And we now hear Symphony Number no. 48 in C major, Maria Theresia by Haydn. Alan Gilbert conducts the New York Philharmonic. <laughs> Thank you. 
Symphony Number no. 48 in C Major by Haydn, Maria Theresia. The New York Philharmonic performed under the direction of Alan Gilbert. After a pause for station identification, Alan Gilbert will return to the podium to conduct one more work, Beethoven's Symphony Number no. 4. I'm Alec Baldwin. I hope you're enjoying the broadcast and that you'll stay tuned for the Beethoven. You're hearing the New York Philharmonic this week, distributed nationwide over the WFMT radio network. Ask any collector or connoisseur of classical music to discuss their favorite Beethoven symphonies, and the answer will most often point to the odd-numbered works, 1, 3, 5, 7, and 9. Indeed, these works seem more dramatic and often more profound than Beethoven's even-numbered symphonies, which are of a lighter and more straightforward character. This does not diminish their importance or greatness. It just provides some insight as to perhaps why they receive less attention than their odd-numbered brethren. If there are exceptions to most rules, however, the obvious exception in the case of Beethoven's symphonies would be the fourth. Alan Gilbert tells us more. This one is one of the more joyful, uh, lighter ones. But, you know, having said that, I think of, of some spots in the second movement which are incredibly tragic and intense and as powerful and as dramatic as, as any other you'll find in Beethoven. The introduction to the first movement is ghostly and full of a kind of trepidation that fills the music with tension that finally has to be released. It's as if he had to work out of that emotional state and once he got it out of his system he was able to go forward with the riotous energetic music that is the body of the, of the movement and even of the whole symphony. It's a fantastic piece and difficult for the orchestra to play but uh, when you hear it played by the New York Philharmonic uh, the way they're playing this week it's, it's, uh, it sounds like the uh, sort of the joyous, lighthearted uh, music that I think it should be. Robert Schumann spoke of Beethoven's Fourth Symphony as, quote, a slender Greek maiden between two Norse gods, unquote, referring to the mighty Eroica that came before and the equally grand fifth that followed. Hector Berlioz likened the second movement to, quote, an angel singing at the gate of paradise, unquote. Yet there were detractors, too like Carl Maria von Weber, who thought listening to it was like a bad dream. But whatever subjective images it conjures, this is Beethoven in a sunny, almost rambunctious mood. Beethoven composed the Fourth Symphony on commission from Count Franz von Opersdorf, a Silesian nobleman, while in the midst of working on the Fifth Symphony. But Beethoven committed a faux pas with the premiere. Though dedicated to the Count, Beethoven chose to hold the first performance at a private concert at the palace of Prince Josef Franz Lobkowitz in 1807, instead of having the Count's own orchestra do so. Needless to say, this breach of etiquette was not forgiven by the Count, and he never commissioned another work from Beethoven. Here, with a few more thoughts about the piece, is Alan Gilbert. Yeah, interestingly, you know, he started composing the Fifth Symphony and abandoned it for a short time in order to turn his attention to the Fourth. So, at least in sort of genesis or conception, it wasn't between them. The concept of the Fifth, I think, came 
pre predated the fourth. But maybe maybe after dealing with such monumental, uh, weighty issues uh, such as the ones that that are evinced in the third and the and the fifth symphonies, maybe he wanted a little bit of a break because it is it it is uh, a totally different uh, sound world. You know, you have to say that with all the Beethoven symphonies, each one is so unique and is so complete and creates a world and a space entirely of its own. And they're so, so different, even though you can see that they're obviously all composed by Beethoven. And with Alan Gilbert back on stage now, we'll hear him conduct the New York Philharmonic in the Symphony Number no. 4 in B-flat major, Opus 60, by Beethoven.
Symphony Number no. 4 in B-flat major by Beethoven. Alan Gilbert conducted the New York Philharmonic bringing this week's broadcast to a close. Earlier on the program, we heard Mr. Gilbert conduct Haydn's Symphony No. 48, as well as a performance of Luciano Berrio's folk songs with Dawn Upshaw as soloist. Credit Suisse is the exclusive tour sponsor of the New York Philharmonic. The New York Philharmonic this week is generously underwritten by the Kaplan Brothers Fund, the Audrey Love Charitable Foundation, the Philharmonic's corporate sponsor, MetLife Foundation, and by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts on the web at arts.gov. Vince Ford is the executive producer of this series. The music producer is Lawrence Rock. The broadcasts are written and produced by Mark Travis with assistance from Ian Riley, Sarah Zwinkless, and Paloma Orozco. And for now, until next time, this is Alec Baldwin wishing you good health and good music. This is the WFMT Radio Network. <laughs>